giant breakfast with Gangster. She didn't even leave the tip. <laughs> Hey everyone, Dave and Jeff doing our second podcast of the week. Today, I got to tell you real quick as we're playing that that song, because that song yeah. never gets old. And Laura right. Kane, when she was in here yesterday, she dug the song too. You could tell as it was starting to go. Uh, we went through, I was in the car with Josh today, and we we're going through bad songs from the 80s. And there were a fucking million oh, of them. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, tell me if there's a worse song than this one. Okay, okay. and I know you're going to have one because you're pretty good at this game. Yeah. Do you remember the song with um, David Bowie and Mick Jagger dancing in the street? Yeah. That's a horseshit song. Yeah, with the video. Uh, the video makes it twenty times worse. Yeah, that was that was pretty bad. There are a lot of bad ones. Yeah, a lot of bad ones. Um, for me, I'll go from the eighties. Uh, let's see. Uh, future's so bright. I gotta wear shades. <laughs> Dancing on the ceiling, Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie. Yeah, that's pretty. Say you, say me. What? Yeah. The Say You, Say Me was one of the top songs of the 80s. We were looking through different lists well, today. Well, I was laughing. This is how fucked up we all were in the 80s because I I still like the 80s channel yeah. on XM, and they were playing a countdown. They'll play, they have all the MTV jocks. They were playing the top songs from this week in 1985. It's the last week in January. Yeah. Number 17 was Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid. <laughs> and you're like, what? So I'm like, I'm, I go, why are they still playing this song? Yeah. And then you find out it's part of that countdown. Yeah, there were a lot of lot of bad songs in the 80s. But there's bad songs now. There's that's bad what I was, songs everything. That's what I was telling my kid. Like, you understand that in 20, 30 years, people are going to look back and think your music sucked too. Yeah. Look, I love old school R&B. I love Jackie Wilson. I love Bobby Blue Bland. My man ain't no ain't no love in the heart of the city. Uh, and I love Sam Cooke. Yeah. But Sam Cooke, like, Change is Gonna Come. Yeah. Fuck Unchained Melody. Change is Gonna Come is the greatest song ever recorded. I mean, there was never a day when Sam Cooke was better than he is on A Change is Gonna Come. But when you listen to his CD and you go through it, it's like yeah. Sam was writing music and lyrics, and he's like, well, I'm pretty close, but I'm going to record this one. Yeah. And then the next song, it's like, it's a little bit different version. And then all of a sudden, he got to, we're having a party, right? Or Chain Gang, or any of these other iconic hit songs that he had. But it's funny when you listen to a CD like I do all the time. It's got 28 of his songs. Yeah. And songs like 7 and 8, you're like, Sam. <laughs> Come on, baby. This is a cheap version of, of song number 11, the iconic one. We all know the hits. The goddamn, what a voice, man. What a voice. So for me, that's where I go. I go old school. Who got you into old school? Did you find it yourself or did your found mother or father have it? Okay. Found it myself. And then when I worked at Warehouse and I was always, it was fun. Like the manager, who I felt like was ancient, she was probably 33. But she liked when I was up front. So I would play Marvin Gaye, I'd play Smokey Robinson, but then I'd find old school stuff like that and just play it all. But that's when I found Sam Cooke, uh, <clears throat> Bobby Blue Bland, that to me. And I send that song out to people and people are like, what? Who is it? And then they <laughs> listen to it. And they're like, God damn, that guy's the man. And you see him and he looks like Fads Domino's yeah. uh, broke brother. <laughs> the, and uh, it makes it even better. But 
But that was for me, yeah. And then I went and lived in London for a year. And when I lived in London, all of that music was hot. So Jackie Wilson was red hot. So Reed Petit, Lonely Teardrops, Higher and Higher, all of that catalog was huge really? during the time. Yeah, and we were going out. My girlfriend, uh, my girlfriend in London for the year I lived there was black. Yeah. And I tell this story. She she was fantastic. She showed me all around London. We had a great time. But I'll tell you a funny story. So I when I got there, I was 19. She was 24. She lived, I lived on the West End W2, uh, right by Edgeware Road. And she lived out a little bit. So I would take the tube to go out there. And so I go out there. We go out. We have some fun. We end up at her house. And, you know, things happen. And now it's about 2.30. And uh, and I'm coming home. So I'm coming home feeling pretty good, right? Yeah, of course. Kid's a tiger. <laughs> and uh, like I make my way down to the tube station. And like people are kind of looking at me. And I'm like, well, I, I, <clears throat> I don't have a belt, but I must yes. just be wearing a exactly. fucking belt because they're acknowledging me. So I'm like, hey, hello. And they might be getting a thumbs up and they kind of look at me and walk away. I get on to the, you know, the subway, the tube, and I've got probably a 12 stop ride. Yeah. I feel like more people are, are acknowledging oh, fuck. like this kid's the kid. Yeah. And I appreciate it because I'm a kid from the States. Yeah. A lot of times, you're not welcomed with that kind of gratitude. I'm a young kid, 19. Just gave it 100%. I did. Yeah. And uh, I left it all out there, and uh, and I appreciated it. I felt like we were mending some fences that were torn down in 1776. <laughs> and now I get home, and there's a doorman, and he's kind of giving me the look. But by this time, I've shaken enough hands you know, in my mind. Yes. I ride the elevator up to the 12th floor of the Quadrangle in London where I live. Beautiful place. And I get inside, and Dave, I look like fucking Braveheart. <laughs> what are you talking about? What I didn't realize is that women of color, and it was over there. Yeah. She was gorgeous, man. Beautiful girl. But their skin tone doesn't always match. And so they will apply a makeup that will even things out. Yeah. And I didn't realize that. Yes. Your fucking buddy looked like last of the Mohicans. <laughs> and people are like, what the fuck? And How long I, did it take you to realize what the fuck happened? Uh, well, I got in and I was like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like Sharpie. Like it doesn't come <laughs> off. <clears throat> right? <laughs> so now, the next day, this was about 18 months after I'd had a total reconstruction of yeah. my left knee. And so the next day, I was living with my dad at the time. And the next day, I'm in the living room. And I look down, and my left knee is all dried scab. Okay. <clears throat> and I'm like, God damn, I busted my scar open. And my dad, who is a great guy, but the most nervous guy, what? And he just panics immediately. <laughs> Jesus, what the hell were you doing last night? And I was like, I don't... And I started thinking, I was like, shit. And I just changed the subject. Yeah, I fucking came home, busted yeah. that fucking scar open. Yeah. Looked like Mel Gibson. Yeah. Shit, I don't know. It looked like uh, Rambo. I don't yeah. know what the... It was a rough couple of days. <laughs> but uh, I don't even know how I got... But she was the one. Yeah. We would go... She took me to different clubs... Uh, in London, 
that a lot of guys like me didn't walk into. But the people that were there were so great to me every step of the way. And they were playing all of that music. Man, I just loved it. Loved every bit of it. That's funny. Here's this, uh, as far as finding like old songs, I always liked the song Me and Mrs. Jones. Yeah. Billy Paul. Right. And then I realized, I don't know, maybe years later, that I didn't realize the guy, Mrs. Jones, was a little slut. She was cheating on her husband. Hey, shit happens. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, Billy didn't care. Yeah, Billy did not care. He got what he needed. Maybe Mr. Jones, instead of paying attention to her, was on a bar stool at the lamplighter. Yeah. Right? Drinking, slugging back blackberry brandy instead of taking out, looking out for a nice woman. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly what happened. Last, oh, go ahead. <laughs> last night, we didn't get a chance to talk sports. And, and a lot of times for you and I, we appreciate the fact that we don't have to talk sports. But there's some things that have gone on that we wanted to touch on this week, especially this is our, our last show until we do a show after the Super Bowl. Yeah. One quick thing, though, to wrap up last night. I thought our friend Laura Kane was incredibly brave coming in here and telling the story that she told last night. And when I had talked to her coming in and kind of pitched her on the idea of coming down here, I really encouraged her to let it go. And I said, you're in a, you're in a good spot. We got your back. But I said, let it go because your story is going to impact a lot of people. Yes. And I think at the level she told that story was outstanding. I, I hope it was a little therapeutic for her. I cannot tell you how many people, including my friend Dan Tyler, reached out today, but a lot of people reached out, blown away by the story she shared at the end about her ex being able to screenshot her Google search. That freaked a lot of people out. It freaked me out. Yeah. Not a lot leaves me speechless. That did. Like, what is going on? And as my man Dan Tyler pointed out so well today, well, goddamn, there goes my Lisa Ann searches. <laughs> but I want to thank everybody that reached out to her today on social media. Dave was saying to me before we started, do you think she looked at her Twitter? And I said, I know she did at the end, but um, I don't know that she had during the course of the day. But it was so cool. And I said to her, Look, that's just a fraction. Yeah. Sunday night when we put that show or Monday night, whenever we put that show out live, the Patreon show, all of you that have subscribed and we love all of you, you know you get it. There's not really any reason for me to tweet it. It's already in your phone. It yeah. just shows up once you subscribe. So Sunday when that show with Laura or Monday, whenever we put that show live and we tell people, look, here you go iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, DaveAndJeffShow.com, you can hear it. I said to Laura, get ready, because people are going to hear it, and they're going to be moved by it, and they're going to like it, and you're going to hear from a lot of people. And I just, I appreciate all of you that wrote her nice messages today. She comes down here, you kind of let your guard down, you're a bit vulnerable, yep. and to have everybody, as you guys have done so many times, whether it was with Dave whether it was with me, whether it was Sam Bass or Laura or anybody else, you guys put your arms around her and kind of propped her back up. And uh, and I know she dug it. And I just, I I knew, I had a feeling that show was going to be good. I told her today she exceeded the expectations with what with how she told that story. And then you hear <clears throat> Laura Kane cuss. Yeah. She that's kind of funny bit. too, yeah. That was funny. It was, it was great having her in. It's one of those where you and I, we could do those shows every single day where mm -hmm. we do interview shows. We love to get to know people and what makes them go. And 
the ups and downs of their, of their life. And, and of course, we'll, we'll bring more people in, more different celebrities we want to bring in, not just San Diego people, but it's kind of a direction that we want to be able to throw out there as well. Sports are great, but right. we, we do like to get to know people. Laura's a person we just happen to know for more than 20 years, and she's part of a radio show that's in the Hall of Fame and everything else. And I thought it was uh, outstanding, the, the what she shared. I mean, the fact that she's on the number one show in town, you think everything is going your way, Right. Yet you're doing drugs in the Walmart parking lot before you're going on there. Going down it, to seedy neighborhoods yeah, in an see, apartment full of cat shit and doing yeah. crystal meth. It Coming was, off the air of Jeff and Jer. I mean, man, that's hardcore. It was. Absolutely. And, and for her to get through that and survive that and be the person she is today. Dave said it last night, man. She looks great. But, and and God bless her for telling you here, I'm an addict and I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. And I, I fight it every day, man. She, she made no excuses for decisions she's made. And, and I just, yeah, I thought she was really cool, but I, I just, I appreciate her trusting you and me enough to come in and do it because there's not a lot of places that you can do that show. And I feel like next week when that show gets out and people hear, you know, everything that's happened that, uh, that she'll be like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Let's find a way yeah. to get her on the air. And, and find her on a station that's relevant, means something, and that would be even better. Absolutely. Absolutely right. I want to ask you a little bit about some of the things that are going on just in the sports world. Again, the next yeah. show we're going to do, I think we plan on doing a show right after the Super Bowl, yeah, correct? Yeah, we'll you and I will be in here Sunday night. Okay. And then just to promote it, a week from tonight, Kyle Krask is here. Okay. Kyle's got a blood drive coming up on Valentine's Day. We'll talk about it. We'll get into a little bit of the KFMB thing. I feel like the more days go on and the more people I see fighting really hard emotional battles right now, yeah. I kind of feel like everybody came through that. So we'll touch on the KFMB stuff a little bit just because I think you're all curious to hear it. I'll tell you, I, I get along with Kyle great. I really do. I'm looking forward to having him here. But what I said to him is, look, you come in. I want to hear about what happened. Yeah. And he goes, I'll tell you the whole fucking story. And he will tell you the story of getting shot and what it went through. Because I bet, maybe not the women in the audience who have a brain, but I bet every guy has pondered in their head, fuck, what is that like? Well, you will know yeah. from a guy. And then ultimately, what the goal is there is that you will go out on the 14th to Dave & Buster's in Mission Valley and participate in the blood drive because it's a great thing that Kyle's putting together, and uh, and I'm really stoked he's coming down. Absolutely, I saw him actually talking about it on the news tonight. He was talking about the Carlo tonight. Oh, I thought about the podcast. Uh, no, not not what? The, he did not promote the podcast. You son of a bitch! Yes. Invite pulled. <laughs> no, he did no, not. No, it's get great. It right. So I want to ask you first: you want to go Machado? You want to go uniforms? Uh, I'm fine either way. Okay, well, let's start with the uniforms. Sure. Okay, because the bringing back the brown. It seems like mm -hmm. forever that you and I have been doing shows. We constantly had people that would send us emails of their designs of what they thought the Padre Brown Beautiful. uniform should be like next. And the more I, I've always told you, I was a navy blue guy. Okay, I understand the people that want the brown, and you will probably say to me, "You don't get it because you weren't here when they wore the brown." And right. I was here honestly one year when they, two years I think, when they wore the brown. I was here in '89 and '90. Didn't they go to the brown in I mean the blue in '91? Uh, when Tony Fernandez yeah. and Fred yeah. McGriff and those right guys around, yep. around there somewhere in there. Anyway. I understand the, the history of the brown. Trust me, when Steve Garvey was with the Padres, and, and I even owned a brown uniform. I had the yeah. brown away jersey with the V-neck on it, yeah. the, the, with the Padres <laughs> yeah. across the front, no number on the on the front, just 
the number on the back, the whole deal. I owned one. I was the only guy I think in Tennessee that had one, but I bought one. So I understand what you're talking about. My thing is I want to ask you about the history of the team a little bit. Not being mm-hmm. a smart ass at all in this conversation. I'm asking you to educate me. Mm-hmm. They had the Brown for about 20 years. All right? Went, yeah. Went to the postseason one time. Mm-hmm. Wore the blue for about another 29 years. Mm-hmm. But then they made it to the postseason multiple times and World Series, just like they did back in 84. Mm-hmm. But so quick to say, let's forget about the blue and the brown. What is it about the brown that makes it exciting for you? Uh, it was us. It's the only thing. Remember, we live in a town that fights in Napoleon complex. We're always trying to find our own identity. And even when that identity is kind of fucked up, it's still ours. And what I remember, Dave, is I remember this vividly that it was probably about this time in 1985, being at the mall in Carlsbad, they had a bookstore, and the cover of San Diego Magazine had a picture of Garvey in the new brown and orange uniforms. Yep. And it was the brown hat, interlocking orange SD, that home uniform, and you looked at it with that font, you go, fuck, that is really cool. Because... Like the 84 unis, yeah. I, I think the brown 84 unis are, man, they give you a headache. Uh, the home jerseys were fine. I always thought those were cool. I liked it when they went to the button-up, the whole thing. But the road jerseys, you were just like, ah, these kind of hurt. Um, so when they went to the Garvey, that 85 one, I felt like, okay, that's cool. Like that looks like a major u- league uniform. And then when they made the determination to go Navy and they said, well, we're recognizing uh, the history, the military in this town, everything else. I think there were a part of us that looked at it and said, OK, well, that's cool. But then there was a bigger part of us that looked and said, well, we don't really look much different than the Dodgers or a handful of other teams that wear that same blue. And there were really no teams that had brown. So I think what a lot of the fan base wanted was, I don't care if you mess around with the uniform. Yeah. Just make sure that the color scheme stays brown and and I think kind of brown and brown and gold. And so I met with Padres about a year ago. This was about a year ago because I heard Kevin AC on a little bit today on 1090, and and I think Craig asked him, you know, how long have they been working on this? Wayne Partello, uh, from the pods and I went to lunch, we are kind of bullshitting about a lot of things, and he told me at that time, and that's at least a year ago, if not 14 months, he goes, yeah, he said, we're leaning towards, he goes, it takes time, you have to get things approved by Major League Baseball, but he said, my guess is, by 2020, we're full-time Browns. And I said, okay, um, you and I knew it, but I felt like as a Padre fan, I don't, I don't need to come out here and whip it on the table. Let, let them make the announcement. Unfortunately, there were a couple of things that had happened the last couple of weeks with articles and numbers that had gone out that I feel bad for the pods because I know that they did invest a lot. I think I told this story that, um, was shared with me by a couple of different people within the organization that when Ron went in as a minority owner, he had been told by the previous ownership group that they had done, you know, a lot of market research yeah. that said people prefer the blue and Ron's in business with it. Ron did what I would have done. I'm not, this is no shot at Ron Fowler, 
And so they just believed it. And that and Ron went with it. And then eventually he said, well, let, let me see this market research. I need to be able to validate what I'm telling people. And they couldn't find it. Yeah. And they were like, fuck. <laughs> right? I mean, they might not have said fuck. But I felt like, to their credit, they said, you know what? All right, shit. We got to start clean. So they started clean. And from the way it was explained to me, they went through a ton of different styles. They went old school PCL, the blue and red that Canepa always talks about because he's stuck in his senior year of high school in 1871. <laughs> uh, they went through different versions of blue and blue and gold, the whole thing. And then different combinations of brown. And, and it was just like if you watch the fucking mass Singer, right? Yeah. They come in and you got that dial and it's a zero to five. What do you think of this one? Boom. And it was season ticket holders. I mean, they put a ton of fucking research into this to figure it out. Now, I know there's a bunch of us that were like, that seems like a wasted effort. Brown, just do brown. The pod's point, and I get it, is we're not going to fucking do this anymore every yeah, four years. Please. We're going we're gonna to find one that's determined that we feel like the majority, because none of us can agree on anything in this town. We're going to find one that works. We're going to test it with a bunch of you, and then we're going with it, and that's it. And and I just, I I know because I had talked to a lot of people down there how much they had put into it the last couple of years because they're sick of changing every three years, and and that's kind of how it worked out. But it, it just is kind of, for right now, I think in a couple of weeks when they determine what the actual things are, There'll be some people that bitch about it, but at least we'll know what it looks like. Whatever they decide, just stay with it. Again, well, I think you, that's the yeah, point. I mean, that's the thing. Here's here's the deal. For years and years, I mean, you talk about how many times they've changed the uniforms just in the time I've been in San Diego. The ones yeah. they've worn the last few years are just kind of an embarrassment. It just I looks like lazy the, as fuck to me. I, I like you the know Navy they, with SD. I know you're I, like the I Navy. do too. I don't mind the gray. I, 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 but I, I think I, the home jerseys. That's what I'm saying. The home jerseys looks bizarre to me. Just It looks half ass. Here's the here's a couple things. One, One is, thing on that home jersey, yeah. Dave. It wouldn't shock me, and I don't have this confirmed. It wouldn't shock me if, in the back of their mind, they knew that this day was coming with the all brown, and so for that particular home jersey, they were like, "Look, let's just put something out for two years." It's <laughs> ridiculous. I'm just saying. Yeah, just saying the whole thing's ridiculous. Because if they put something out that was outstanding. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, wait, we got plans to kind of go all brown. I, again, like I said, I don't have that confirmed. Yeah, but that seems bizarre. It seems like, well, if it's outstanding, then it saves you a lot of time and effort. Everyone likes the blue all of a sudden. I don't think they were that worried about oh that gosh. particular home jersey because they knew they were playing the long game, and the long game was we're going back to brown. That's all I'm saying. They fucked up these uniforms so many times. And I'm a telling you what, I like, the, I like the ones that you said uh, that people looked at and said, well, maybe it reminded too much of the Dodgers. I like their initial – Ones that they wore in '98, right? The 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 orange with the navy blue, and the pinstripes. Oh. I like those. What I, you know I, what I would have done, honestly, if you asked me, I, I I could give you two jerseys that I'm fine with. The the end of the run for Tony, yeah, which was the all very white with the Padres in blue, no pinstripe. Yeah. Blue hat, interlocked. Did that remind you of the Rays, though? That looks a lot like the Rays. I couldn't give less of a shit about the Rays. (laughs) Like, let the Rays change because this is going to be the one. But that jersey, and then if you had 
Like I would do the blue, like the Navy with the SD interlock and call it a fucking day. That's it's so crazy. And then just to think a couple of years ago, the year that they had the all-star game, they threw yellow in with the Navy. Yeah. Then they got rid of those after one year. Those were kind of cool. Those were cool for, for a year. Pitch, and then Mark all of a Paul sudden, Gossler, yeah, yeah, exactly right. And then you dump them out. So whatever they go with, I want it to be the way the Cardinals are, the right. way the Dodgers are, the Yankees. So that's the plan. I want you to stay with whatever it is I want you to stay with to say this is your uniform, this is what Padre baseball is, and we're proud of what we have. Don't wow. go back. I'll tell you what, I'm going to start the hashtag right now. Bring back the blue. <laughs> All right? You go ahead. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. They don't need to bring back the blue. They don't. And so it'll all go. Now, here's the funniest shit. When Dave, your argument for five years has been what? As to why they won't go back to Brown. Is that you have to sit there and change the whole stadium. Right. You have to get Brown seats in that stadium and paint everything brown around, around the well, Diamond Vision. Now, see, that's really interesting. And it would match the stadium. you got to brown everything up. I don't think Partello doesn't really respond to text after no. I lit up Fowler after that shit. We'll be fine. <laughs> But I'm well, gonna, remember the one, the uniform, the ugly sand uniforms, the road ones? The, uh, Sandy Alderson yeah, did that Those shit. were the worst ones. Terrible. And, and then they had the line that went underneath Padres, uh, like, backwards. It looked like it said Rod Race. Rod Race? Yeah. <laughs> like uh, fucking Scooby did yes. it? Yes. Rod Race? <laughs> it's like the, the squiggle lines going backwards. Oh, those were so awful. I think we were on the air. We were on the air at ESPN 800. Yeah. And in, uh, in your other house. And I tell you, that's about the closest I've ever come to throwing my glass of scotch right through your window. <laughs> atrocious, man. Fucking atrocious. That is too funny. But that's cool. Yeah. And, and so, look, a little bit of it has gotten lost. There was also a change. This was the other thing, that there was something, Dave, and you may know this better than I do, but Majestic had the unis, and then I yeah. think Under Armour was coming in. Under and, Armour was supposed to take over. And then Under Armour couldn't get it, so the Nike's now taking over yeah. for 2020. Yes, yeah, so the new Padre uniforms will be the new Nike uniforms. Right, and that was also part of what had you know, kind of drugged this yeah. out was you got to kind of work with Major League Baseball knew that there was a new uniform company. There was a lot of different shit. All I'm just saying is, I know there's a ton of people that are going to fucking hate it immediately. Fuck, it may be me. I may be one that goes, really? That's what the fuck we did. But I'll tell you this. I, I absolutely know for a fact when they come out that they put time and effort yeah. and a thousand different combinations of uniforms and a thousand different combinations of people together. Like, they really did their due diligence, and we'll see in a couple of weeks. Fuck, I hope it looks good. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it absolutely I will. wouldn't say that. I just, I know this town. Oh, my gosh. All right, so. I hope so, but they let people have a say in it. They should just fucking let you and me have a say. You, me, and fucking Craig Elston. We'd have been fine. <laughs> and maybe just me and Craig. That's, I would have let you, I would have tipped my hat and said, you guys go ahead and get it done. Well, Craig and I would have got yes. it done. Uh, the guy who did, I think his last name's Brewbaker. Because I feel like the guy's name is Brew Baker, who did that one that came out a couple of years ago. It was a, there was a, a that's couple the one I think they're going with. If I'm if I'm correct, where you're going with this, the the just the yellow, the brown, and the pinstripes, right? Yeah, really cool. But there were a couple that were really really heavy, like gold. Like I don't feel like you need gold numbers on the back of a brown jersey. Just have a gold trim. Just have a fucking yeah. white number. Like don't look like you fucking don't eat yellow snow. Shit. <laughs> You just got to be able to tell the number from the seats. If wow. it's, you go with the yellow number, you can't see it. 
All right. So I want to ask you about the the Manny Machado deal. Mm-hmm. Are we crazy right now to talk about Manny Machado? Or are we just that dumb and that desperate to say this could happen? You know what I like about it? This is what I love about it. It's not even what I like about it, what I love about it. What I love about it is as we're here tonight, they're in the game. They're in the game. And from everything you hear from different people that are talking, uh, they're in it. And for me as a fan, I mean, there, there, there's so many mixed fucking messages coming out of down yeah. there. Um, you know, are we broke? Are we in it for 2020 or whatever? But I love the fact, plain and simple, they're in it. For me, Padres Twitter, which is so full of shit 95% of the time, usually contributed by you and me, a lot of bullshit. It's been incredibly fun and everybody's in it. For me, do I think Machado goes to the White Sox? Yeah, maybe. He might. But it flashes me back to when the pods were all in on Pablo Sandoval. Remember that? Yes, $100 million. $100 million deal. And then Pablo Sandoval, and I'm not saying this about Machado, I'm just saying go back in time. Uh, Sandoval signs with the Red Sox. The pods didn't throw in the towel. They just went out and made other moves. And things went after it. All I've ever asked Dave is for them to be a player in the game. And tonight they're a player in the game. And for me, I dig it. It's been fun. I stayed off of Twitter all weekend because I was just like, I just fuck. I'm so superstitious on that shit. And I didn't want to see anything as a fan. I couldn't be more stoked that they're legitimately in the game. And I don't know if they're offering five years, 50 or five years, 300. No idea. All I know is a lot of people are saying that that when they talk about where Machado's going, yeah. their name comes up and nobody's laughing at it, and and I think that's pretty fucking cool. All right, and a couple things with uh, with Machado, and I'm not uh-huh. sitting there going to rain on any parade because here's the deal. He's I gonna, won't let it happen. I'll he's pour gonna, <laughs> water on you. He's going to be 27 years old on July 6th. Technically, his mm-hmm. best year's in front of him, right? Mm-hmm. According to what you're supposed to be, as a professional baseball player, his best years are in front of him. Mm-hmm. The guy's outstanding. As I follow, obviously, the Dodgers as well, and looking at what the Dodgers need in the offseason, mm-hmm. they say they need a big right-handed bat in that lineup. That's why you won't see them go after a guy like Harper. Mm-hmm. Well, Machado is that big right-handed bat that already knows the team and the team knows him. It's kind of surprising to me that the Dodgers aren't doing what they can do to see if he's available to come back. So then I sit there and I go, I get nervous about the, the Hosmer deal. Mm-hmm. At this time, when we're talking about Hosmer, go, well, who else wants Hosmer? There's only two teams that wanted him. It was the Royals and the Padres. Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, well, what the fuck's the deal with Hosmer then that nobody else wants him? We see a good baseball player with a great glove and good chemistry guy. How come more teams aren't chasing him? A team, I thought the Boston Red Sox would have been a good fit for him at first base. Whatever. So the Machado thing makes me a little bit nervous that more big-time players aren't chasing Manny Machado. I don't understand it. His numbers are outstanding. Back-to-back years of 37 home runs. The guy's a four-time All-Star. He's he's 26 years old. Yeah, you know why I like it? Because they didn't follow. They didn't follow the herd. But why aren't other teams chasing him? What do you think? You think? Do you think the World Series actually hurt him? Yeah, I you do. do. Yeah. About him not hustling and stepping on guys' ankles. Yep, I do. But that may open the door for him to come here. And and for me, Dave, if you've been a fan of this team for way too long as I have, management in the past would have used that as to why they weren't going for him. And instead, management today is using it and saying, fuck, this may open the door for us to get him. And yeah, he had a horseshit World Series, and he kind of showed it. 
But for us, the idea that we can go Machado, Tatis, Urias, Hosmer, maybe Rio Muto behind the plate. Well, it sounds like he's now out. That that was Is that Red Steel going? It's well, it sounds like he's not that's not one of the four teams. But you never know. We hear this all the time. It's always a team that well, is outside said outside, tonight is back in. Yeah, Rosenthal said tonight that the Padres have a combination that they're interested in. Yeah. That it could be a pitcher, and maybe it's Morion, maybe it's Manny Margot, and maybe it's Mejia, the catcher, to start with. And I look at that, and you go, you're fucking doing that deal every Me too. day of the week. Couldn't agree more. Every day of the week, you're doing that deal. And so I, I think they're in on it because I think they're in on that um, because they have the prospects and maybe they can move it. And But if I'm the Marlins, fuck, man, I'm asking for Gore. I'm asking for Paddock, right? I know yeah. I'm not going to get Tatis. And and that's why I think you run into a stalemate. If they take Morion, I, I don't know. Fuck, maybe you make that deal. I don't. I, I haven't seen Morion pitch every day. Would Gore keep you from making that trade? Nope. Me neither. Nope. And look at it this way, because I know everybody loves the guys that the number one pick, okay? Yeah. And Gore, where he ranks as far as left-handed right. pitchers and pitchers in general. I got it all. But look, here was the price tag. Rio Muto, by the guy, was the same guy we spoke about a year ago. Right. Saying the Marlins are getting rid of everybody. He's the guy you go get. He's right, right there. And then he has another huge year, and all of a sudden the price tag's through the roof. For the Dodgers to go after the same guy, mm -hmm. they're asking for Cody Bellinger. Yeah. You know, a guy that's an all-star, a guy that was a rookie yeah. of the year. You're talking about a guy that hasn't pitched one game in the major leagues yet, yet you have a shitload of talent down there. I don't care. Outside of but, Tatis, man, I am making that deal. But I understand what Ken Rosenthal reported makes complete sense, which is the pods have said, according to him, we want to have a window to talk extension. Yeah, because he, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's up basically for arbitration in a year. Yeah, and then he can go. Yep. Like he can walk away, I think, after 2020. And the pods are saying, look, we want to have the window to talk extension. And for now, the Marlins are denied. Why the fuck would you deny it? Fuck Derek Jeter. Yeah. Why the fuck? Why would you deny that? If you and I are making the trade and I'm getting the guys I want and you're saying, look, I just want to have a reassurance. Yeah. That this guy. Yeah. Fuck. Go ahead. I don't give a shit. The three guys that I'm stealing from you are going to make my team better. Jeter's a fucking joke. I mean, seriously. I'm with you on this. I, I like, don't understand. How can you not give whatever team you're going to send him to I'm an like, opportunity to say, where does he stand right? on extension? Because I know right now that those three guys that I'm bringing in, in my opinion, are going to make my team better for longer than the two years that I have Real Muto. So why wouldn't I give that window to do it? It's it's such fucking nonsense. Yeah. What's my feeling? I know I'm with you 100%. Okay, but, so here's the deal. Let's say... Christmas comes right now in the beginning of February, and we get the two guys. And I say you got Machado and you got Rimuto, and you're talking about the lineup that you're putting together for just 2019. Mm -hmm. Probably not a playoff team this year, but, man, you feel really good about going really to buy tickets and really interested in the product that's coming along. Now you're giving me something that's not only concrete at the major league level, but I know stars are coming up, hopefully from the minor league system that you're surrounding them by. Now you really have a program. You know what I'm saying? Now you, know you, why you, you have need to do this? a big time idea. It's not just let's hopefully roll the dice and hope these guys become what we think they are. But you actually have guys. You have maybe the best offensive catcher in baseball mm -hmm. in Rimuto. You got Manny Machado, who's, who's probably a top eight hitter in Major League Baseball. Right. You got and, number two prospect in baseball. It's short. Exactly. Who just now, dominated the fucking yeah. Venezuela uh, Caribbean World Series. Dominated. Yes. 
offensively and defensively. And you know what? And, and and not to say that the Padres can't win or make it to the postseason. In the National League West, it's kind of tough this year. All right, you, the, mm-hmm. the Dodgers and Rockies are pretty stacked. If the Padres were in the National League East, they could win that division. Yeah, with with that group, but, of that lineup we just threw out there. Right. It changes the whole way. And this is my point that I hope Fowler and Seidler would understand. You guys would be fucking recognized as the shit. You've had the opportunity to take this market by the throat ever since Dean bailed up, and you've sat on your hands. Like, fucking get a little dirt under your nails, boys. Like, let's go. Go for it. Let your guys do some shit. All right, you went all in on Hosmer. Didn't fucking work out. You know what? So what? Fuck, man. You haven't done any of that shit. So be a little smarter, but don't let it impact your, your Chase and Machado. Yeah. Holy shit. Two completely different guys. Like You cannot let that impact, and, and hopefully David's not. But if you do that, all of a sudden now, you've got a little bit of a difference. Here's the one thing that nobody has said from the Padres. This is what I would like to know. When Ron opened up, the, and maybe they've made this available, and I haven't seen it. If so, then my apologies to them. But I don't think so. When you are being so open with the numbers, what's your season ticket renewal? What's yeah. your renewal rate today? Yep. And how does it compare? How many season tickets are you carrying into 2019? Um, show me, you know, if you want to have fun, I don't really give a shit about the debt reduction or any of the other shit that you're doing for the ballpark and Jack Daniels and everything else. Show me how your season ticket numbers compare from 2015 when you went crazy and got all these guys, right? What was no? What year were uh, what year did they did go, they go all crazy? Twenty fifteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen, right? With Kimbrel and and yeah. all those guys, Kemp. I mean, yeah. that was pretty fucking exciting. I'm sorry it didn't work out, but it was pretty exciting. How do the season ticket numbers? I are they even? Is there are they going up because people are looking to the future and saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to jump in now and be there and have my seats when. Tatis and Paddock and all these other guys coming? Or do people say, you know what? Fuck you. I'm getting the fuck out of here. It's too expensive, and I don't want to watch Brian Mitchell. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Because from a lot of people that I know that have been season ticket holders for a long time, they said we're out. Unfortunately, that's exactly the people I know. The only people I know that have kept their season tickets but don't go are people that have businesses that tell me they go on opening day, and then they give the rest away to clients. Well, I think, look. I think in two, three years, their season ticket base is going to be fine and they're going to be good. And the hope is the way they're cultivating new talent, that it'll continue to grow. It should if everything goes as planned. But I'd be really, really interested to know from 16 to 17, 17 to 18, 18 to 19, how's that's trending. And if it's trending in the direction that I would guess, just based on people I talk to, that may have a little something to do with all of it. I think the price tag on Machado coming down, look, if you felt like Machado was going to be a 10-year, $300 million player, you're out. Where you go, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'd love to have the Jag. I'd love to have the Lamborghini, but I can't afford it. But then all of a sudden, you find a really sweet car, and you go, you know what? Yeah, I can swing that, and it's going to make things a lot different. I think that World Series shit, Dave, I think that hustle bullshit, I think the ankle thing, um, I think all of it has allowed them to be a player. How how it pans out, I don't know. But if, if Machado goes to the White Sox or the Phillies or anything else, 
I'm not going to lose my mind freaking out on Fowler that he didn't go deep enough. Um, I feel like they're in their players in the game where they should be. I think that's pretty cool. Speaking of that, that number right there in your mind, let's say he signs with the white Sox for seven years, 210. Okay. Yeah. So you're looking at, at $30 million a year, seven years, but no 10 year contracts. Those are about done. It looks right. like they should be. What number would you go? Fuck. You guys couldn't swing that. Is there a number per year that in your mind you go, man, come on. Yeah. If he gets five and a hundred. Well, yeah, well, five and a hundred is ridiculous. That's only twenty million dollars. No, a lot of shitty players make more than twenty million dollars. Yeah, I'm if saying, he, but in your mind, if he if he gets if he gets twenty five million dollars a year somewhere else, is that when you go with the Padres can't afford twenty five million a year? Hosmer got eight one forty four. Right? Yeah. If it's anything, you know, on that average, which would whatever the average works out to, and it's anything <coughs> less than. Six million more than that a year, right? I mean, if it's if it's less than six at, um, let's say six at, or what we so say? Hosmer's making eighteen million a year. Eighteen million a year. Yeah, I mean, look, I I understand. We were at ten ninety when this team went up for sale, and I remember Mark Cuban came in right at the start and says, "No way, I'm out, I'm out," because everybody's always thought, "Oh." We need Mark Cuban to come in and buy this team. Well, what Cuban saw was reality, which is, well, I have Mexico to the south. I have the ocean to the west. I've really limited to the east, and I have L.A. two hours to the north. I have a very small acreage of people to draw from, and it's going to be tough. Look, I, I think Machado at that age in today's uh, economics for baseball, if he gets less than $23 million a year, yeah, I think there's a part where you go, God. But but he he's not going to get less than $23 million. He's yeah. going to get paid. And so uh, I don't think, Dave, I'd be shocked if a deal came out where, where you and me or White Sox fans or Philly fans were like, what? And maybe White Sox and Philly fans are different because they're major markets. Yeah. But – for San Diego at market 18, you don't, you don't make the money from Fox Sports San Diego that they make from Comcast Chicago. You don't make the radio money from 97.3 that they make from Chicago, even a team like the White Sox. Yeah, I don't know why the Cubs wouldn't be in on him. I don't know why the Giants wouldn't be in on him. I really don't. I, Giants are an organization I can't figure out. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, so for me, I'm going to give you my number, all right, as far as where I'd go. If it's anything below... I'm going to shake my head and go, man, it's Manny Machado in his prime. Yeah. I. Uh, let me start this. What's the ideal contract length for you? Right? Seven years. For a guy like him, it's seven years. I'd, I'd even like it more at six. Of course I would, too. But, you know, you, uh, you got to say, here's a guy going his prime. You got to give him something. All right. So seven years. Because he's giving... going to be, in seven years, he's going to be 33 years old. Okay. Right? He's 26 him... now, going to be 27 in, in the middle of the summer. Are you giving him the opportunity to opt out after three? No, I'm not. Are you giving him the chance to opt out after five? Yes, I would give him the opportunity to opt out after five. Okay. Okay, I would. All right. Because, again, we'll figure out where the organization's at. I'd give him that opportunity. Okay. I'm offering seven years, $27 million. That comes out to $189 million. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So so when I look at a guy like that. And, absolutely. And because the way I look at it is the, the A-plus players in Major League Baseball are getting $30-plus million a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what, and some of those contracts are bad. Zach Grinke's contract's ridiculous. Right. Okay, but he's the highest paid guy in baseball right now. Right. 
Okay, but a- again, I'm, I'm going $27 million for mm-hmm. a guy who's one of the top hitters in baseball that's going to sell your jerseys. Right. That becomes immediately the biggest free agent this organization has ever signed. Right. Yeah, huge. So for me, the number's $27 million for me. If it's anything below $27 million and the Padres back out, I'm a little disappointed. Um, Machado also draws from Mexico, and I think he awakens a sleepy fan base. He's a difference maker, man. He's just a, a difference maker, electrifying player. And I think coming in here, for me, Dave, I look at it and I go, I think this city would love him, and I bet he'd love this city. I really do. Yeah, I, I think, do too. I think Philadelphia is a different kind of animal for a lot of people. And in Chicago, you can go be a member of the White Sox. You're always going to be the Clippers in Chicago. Yep, I, I agree with that. And all the stories coming out today about Machado who doesn't want to play on the West Coast because his family – Look, there, there's a poker game going on all the way around. Sure. Okay. There, he, trust me. He doesn't want to look at, hey, no one else is knocking on the door, so San Diego seems nice. He's, right. There's a game to be played. Right. And I I don't know. I mean, people have talked about the fact that you sell him on that farm system. Well, you're the number one fucking farm system in baseball, and you've got pitchers coming up, and you got catchers coming up, and you got two really strong infielders coming yeah. up. And you got some pretty quality outfielders coming up that you look at and you say, God damn, okay. So it's kind of fun. But there's not really, I mean, if you look at Tatis and you go, yeah, Tatis can move to third because there's a couple of dudes behind him that may be able to play short. All right. But really, if I'm Machado, I'm like, fuck, man. Hosmer, okay, stud prospect in Urias, the stud prospect in Tatis and me. Playing at Petco Park, where I was for the All-Star game a couple of yeah. years ago. Uh, I believe he came through here as a member of the Dodgers, too, right? Played, saw it. You go, fuck yeah. Numbers relatively close. Yeah, I could do that. And I would sell him on, you're the man. For this ballpark, you're the man. There have been other guys that were pretty impressive. Tony Gwynn, Trevor Hoffman, Caminetti, Kevin Brown. list goes on and on. But Petco Park's kind of been waiting. Now, Tatis is, uh, listen, Tatis is going to give you a pretty good run for it, we believe, in two years. But for right now, Manny, for these seven years, you're, it sure as fuck ain't Will Myers. <laughs> How much is Will Myers getting, by the way, at the end of this contract? Well, his number jumps to $23 million a yeah. year over the next two years. So, I mean, shit, if you found, if he had Myers at 23, that may put Machado at 33. Yeah. I mean, there's just such a difference in play and and contribution and difference maker like i said i i like it a lot but dave i i am ready for him to end up in philadelphia or end up in chicago but if he does i look at it and go okay well it does feel like a different time for this organization and that's kind of cool one of the reasons i'd like to see machado come here is when trevor went in the hall of fame we we asked each other who's the next padre hall of famer right and you're going, man, it, you can't think of one, you know, not for yeah. years and years. And if it's Tatis, you're looking at least more than 20 years. Shit, right? Yeah. But Machado is a guy that you're going, this guy's on pace to go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to have him here longer than he was in Baltimore, yeah. right? To give him that. But it, it's pretty wild. What is funny to me, and I don't, I mean, if we had this talk a year ago, Machado coming here and, and we, we'd have been laughed, we'd have laughed ourselves out of this garage. So I think that's a huge tribute to Ron and Pete and AJ and all those guys. But it is kind of funny, at least for the time being, how Harper just has really cooled down. Yeah. I I thought 
what Jim Bowden said um, on SiriusXM going into the winter meetings. That was kind of the time to do it. I think time teams were into it. They were ready to go. That was the money. And just fucking dragging your feet on shit. I just think teams get bored. I think teams get bored and they're like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll move on. Although you haven't seen any movement at all recently. If you're a betting guy, where do you think Harper goes? Huh. I think he's going to go to Philly and I think he's, I think they're going to fucking eat him alive. Like, I think he'll hit the shit out of him. Any the chance of back part. to the Nationals to you? I don't know. I mean, the Nationals keep trying to play chicken with them. Right? Yeah, the, the thing with the National is there has to be a comfort zone where that's your franchise. He's definitely the face of that franchise. Yeah, there's a comfort zone there. That'd be cool. That'd be cool if he yeah. went back there for baseball. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think I think he was waiting for the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Cubs. Yep. To fall over themselves to bring him in and be a franchise player, and none of them have done it to this yeah. point. Yeah. The 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 Cubs have made it clear that they say they aren't in. The, the Dodgers said they needed right-handed bats. They aren't looking for more left-handed bats, but nothing would surprise you. You know, if the Dodgers might look at it the way we just talked about the Padres, hey, yeah. we get them cheaper than we thought. It's better than so-and-so, than they, Andrew Tolles in right to field. Be, like, that excuse from the Dodgers to me is weak because you go, really? If this guy is a generational player. Well, that's the thing. Do they believe he's a generational player? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's. I well, mean, everybody Cubs believes don't. Mike. Yeah, everyone believes Mike Trout is. Right. But the Dodgers are like, ah, we got Max Muncie, we got Bellinger, we got a lot right. of left-handed hitters. Right. You know that, that I mean, to me is that to me is weird on a lot of different levels, and yep. and I don't know, uh, I don't know if I side with the player or with the team, and it may be a, a Scott Boris thing too. Yeah. There's a rumor going around uh, for about a week that Jock Peterson is about to be traded to the White Sox. If he's that big left-handed bat they ship out, then maybe Harper goes to L.A. But right now, you don't hear any rumors about Harper going to L.A. Fuck, man. Uh, for me, I'd be like. Harper would be an interesting guy there, but yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's really weird. One quick thing. I'm driving in today. Like I do every morning. I have the Dan Patrick show on great show. Do you listen to Dan every day? Every morning driving in and <laughs> okay, go ahead. I had it on today. I, I, I just, I have a friend who does sports talk radio in the morning here, and he's so fucking neurotic. I know right now he's freaking out. Today I had Dan on for it, because I like the Super Bowl shows. Okay. I do. And I'll tell you about my neurotic friend in a second. And Dan was talking to Rich Eisen. He was talking to Rich Eisen about the missed call in the Saints-Rams game. Now, I saw a video clip the other day, which I had not seen, kind of shot from behind the play, where there's a white official right on the sideline that misses the flag, doesn't throw the flag. There's a black referee, not that race comes in, I'm just telling you how it works out. There's a black referee about 10 feet behind the play, up the sideline, who goes to get a flag. And you can see the white guy run down the sideline and tell him, no, no, no. Yep. Like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, That to me, I thought was pretty crazy. So Dan says to Rich Eisen today, have you ever seen anything like this non-call? Rich Eisen, without missing beat, said, I've only seen it one other time. It happened in 1998 in game one of the World Series. And he said, it's a (laughs) 2-2 count to Tino Martinez. And he said, Mark Langston on the mound for the Padres put strike three right across and it's missed. And he said, the next pitch, Tino Martinez hits out for a grand slam. 
And he said, you don't hear anybody saying, hey, Mark Langston had another pitch. He should have got him out. He said that was a blatant missed call. And he said, I've always thought the Mark Langston pitch was the worst I've ever seen. And now this for football matches it. And I go, holy fuck. Richard! We should have hugged him. So I told that cheap fucker, Darren Smith, he better buy him a beer in, in Atlanta. Yeah. On behalf of all Padre fans. I want to say this on behalf of my friend Steve Woods, because I've watched a lot of you kick him in his little frozen nuts this week. He's going to Radio Row. And anybody who has ever thought about doing sports talk radio, and Dave, I can remember this goes way back to the old 690 days when that dumb fuck Hartman (laughs) would always go on the road. When you have the opportunity to do that, It's kind of like getting your letterman's jacket the day your boss says to you, hey, man, you're going. We've got you covered. You're going. Until that point, you feel like a complete fucking schlep, which Steve kind of is. But you know what? He's never done it. It's his first fucking time to go. I, I don't know how many Darren's done. I don't know how many Cap's done. A ton, right? Yeah. Shit, you and I talked about last night. I did seven. That's yeah. plenty. But I remember the first one, Super Bowl Thirty, Phoenix, down there with Hank and Kevin, and just being there and being in the energy and seeing everything and having this pass around your neck that allows you to go. Steve can go to the Maroon 5 or the Gladys Knight press conference. He can go to the commissioner at, uh, press conference on Saturday you're walking everywhere, and there's Deion Sanders and Emmett Smith. It's fucking great. And I said to him today, stop listening to the fucking people on social media that are killing you because all of them would love to have the opportunity to go one time. And I would love for all of you to have that experience to go there and be sitting there and having a conversation and have somebody tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, do you want to talk to Jeff Goldblum? That doesn't happen every day. <laughs> Um, for me, do you want to talk to Jared from Subway? We did that one. Yeah. Do you want to talk to the Burger King guy while he's still in the right. costume? <laughs> yes. We no. did that guy. We had the guy from, um, go daddy. Yeah. Who would always show up with like four of the hottest chicks ever. Yep. But, uh, Jerry Kramer, all these fucking guys that would come through and they would just sit there. Bill Romanowski, right? All these guys. Steve will absolutely do his best to make it good. Unlike last week where he thrilled us with five straight days of pickup baseball stories from Peoria. Those were fascinating. His game's about to get a lot better because you're going to hear from people that you want. But if nothing else, can we just fucking take a bullet for the kid? Can we let the guy just go to fucking Atlanta and enjoy it after everything that radio station's been through? After people wondering, fuck, do I have a job? People getting fired. No, just let the fucking guy go. Can you guys let him up for air? I'm thrilled. I told him today, go down and enjoy every minute of it. Because it's, it's from a radio standpoint, it's unlike anything else. And now, yeah, after five, you go, okay, well, I've kind of done it. And the first one was pretty cool. And now it's just a, a gong show. But so what? For Steve, you'll have a great time, and I'm stoked he's going. You know what's funny? No, I'd like to go back one more time. I would have liked to have gone really back this year. Yeah. Jerry Kramer. He was right. the guy. Because we talked to Jerry Kramer every year that we yep. knew was a Hall of Famer. Loved he can get in the fucking Hall of Fame. 
Loved him. And now that he's a Hall of Famer, I'd like to say, Jerry, good on you. We did these yeah. interviews with you every year. Nicest guy in the world. Yeah. I want to shake the shake his hand because you know it hurt that all his teammates were in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I love Dave when we would go and we could talk to Joe DeLamalure and all the guys from the Gridiron grades that would come through there and were just such good dudes. But you're right, Jerry Kramer, uh, for me, was just a guy. Romo was my guy. How you doing, brother? Yeah. I fucking love Romo, man. And all those guys just making their laps and doing it. The funniest one, uh, we were in Arizona. We were in Arizona at 49, and I saw friends there from the UFC. My buddy Ryan Grab was down there, media guy for the UFC. And he said, where are you at? And I said, I'm right over there. I'm doing whatever time to whatever time. He said, great. He goes, you know Conor McGregor? And I go, you're fucking A right, I do. He goes, great. I got him tomorrow. Do you want him? He goes, none of these guys know. I go, fucking bring him by. And I got so violently ill, and I missed that show. And you guys, I understand. You guys wouldn't have known. But it was, you, uh, yeah, it was Judd and I. Had it, it was yeah. Judd filled in for you. Yeah, you guys. I, I didn't expect you to know. Now, had Connor sat down, yeah. you would have fucking, because I would have just. Yeah. But. You told me ahead of time that this guy was the shit. You told me all day, right. the day before. I said, dude, we're going to get this guy tomorrow, and he's fucking outstanding. And uh, it's kind of like the Tiger Woods, Heaven Gates yeah. story. We'll let you know when Connor calls back. Well, you know what's funny uh, about that? In, in his place was Nick Foles. Oh, that's and, right. And so Nick Foles is going to come on with Judd and I, and he says, look, I know the Eagles are going to let me go because I can't tell you how upset I am the and Rams? heartbroken. No, he was with the Eagles at the time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And he goes, they're going to release me. I know it's over. Please don't ask me questions about the Eagles. He goes, I'm devastated by it. Yeah. I mean, he looked like he was about to cry when he sat right. down. And here, as you said, Super Bowl 49, Super Bowl 52, the guy's right. fucking MVP of the Super Bowl with the Eagles again. Right. And he loved that fucking team. He loved that city. And then here we are a few years later. Nick Foles makes it back. Makes it back. So uh, I'm stoked for Stevie yeah. that he can go and check it all out. With Stevie's luck, the station's going to go under while he's in Atlanta. He's going to figure out his own way to get home. Well, he and Paul can do a video blog. <laughs> for who? For, for... <laughs> Dude, I'm driving today. Darren's off. I think it's Darren's anniversary. Of what? His wedding. Everybody has one of those. <laughs> Jesus. But I'm driving today, so Craig's filling in, and uh, here comes Darren on a commercial where yeah. he's somewhere. I think he took his wife to Bakersfield. <laughs> hey, great to sit down with Mike Shepard, showing a full head of hair. Hey, Shep, how you feeling? Hey, Darren, I feel great. I don't have a fucking job, <laughs> and I barely can afford a comb. Uh, I find myself crying a lot in the middle of the night. But the funniest fucking thing on that commercial is when Shep goes... You know, a couple of years ago, I was completely bald, and now I have a full head of hair. Dave, I have a full head of hair. <laughs> yes, you do. Shep does not have a full head of hair. Like, Shep doesn't have to go see his girl, Floor, in the next day or two and get a haircut. AF, my friend from Columbia, that's my hair. <laughs> like, I'm like, I need a fucking haircut. Shep doesn't need a fucking haircut. He needs a washcloth and a fucking link to uh, LinkedIn. Hey, Jeff, that's kind of <laughs> shitty. Hey, suck a dick. <laughs> you fucking dick. And you can take that other little non-twerp, your little support staff. Hey, I never liked that guy either. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. But I'm driving today. I'm like, God damn, that's cold-hearted. Sorry, Shep. We know your key fab doesn't work anymore, but 
It was a four month deal with this fucking guy. We got to keep it going. If you're that doctor, you're like, God damn. <laughs> Joe doesn't need hair plugs. Fuck no. Joe's got a full head of hair. What about the guys at Max? Oh, funny. They don't work here anymore. Nobody works anymore. Plenty of parking. Ray Lucia? No. <laughs> Gonzo. No. Holy fuck. Did Stevie have fun down there? Yeah, he will. I'll have a great time. All right. I want to mention a couple things before I ask you about your Super Bowl prediction. Yep. I want to mention Brian Curry. Talked to someone today and said, guess what? What? Brian Curry's our guy. And I said, what He's do you think? He's our guy, too. And they said, man, I listen to this, this podcast all the time. My wife and I, we called to Brian Curry. We couldn't be happier. Yeah. And called Brian and said, guess what? He's going to handle basically our property. And Brian's our guy. We told you, Brian's the guy not only to sell your house and to get you in a brand new house, but Brian's yeah. also your guy for property management. If you need someone to manage your property, call Brian Curry. Also, if you're looking to upgrade your, your current condition of where you're living, Brian Curry is your guy. He wins a ton of awards. He's been doing this more than 20 years. Here's the number. You're going to need it. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. Boy, Brian Curry should advertise two places. Right here on the award-winning Dave and Jeff podcast. And he should advertise in any local newspaper in the city of Toronto, Ontario. Where I talked to about 25 people today. They were like, holy fuck, is it freezing? I go, I know the feeling. It's down to 72. What? <laughs> I I can't do the the math. You saw me fucking lock up on the Laker game when I had to try to remember if it was a three to one run or a five to two. I didn't know what the fuck to do, which was clearly evident in every screen capture I got from you dicks. So fuck. I was like, fuck. Uh, but. 15 centimeters of snow. So I'm like, is that five feet? Yes. Like, no. I don't know. That's a lot of snow. Sounds like a lot. 15 is a big number. Yeah, and there's like eight Celsius. <laughs> I go, fuck me. How cold is that? I don't know that either. All I know is it's cold and there's a lot of snow. So what I said to people is, boy, you know what? You should follow a dude on Twitter. I sell San Diego. That's where you find Brian on social media. Follow him. And more importantly, if you are in the market to sell yeah. Boy, tell all your friends out of state, hey, here's a great guy. Because they're going to look at it and they're going to be like, I don't care what the fuck the price is. Honey, Des Moines treated us great, but it's time to get to San Diego. And if you have family or friends back there, they need a guy they can trust. Uh, a veteran, which yeah. I love, former helicopter pilot, all around good guy. And that's my man, Brian Curry. But yeah, I was selling the shit out of him uh, in, in Toronto today <laughs> daniel tyler superior fence company <laughs> daniel tyler's is a fantastic guy chain link fences vinyl fences you know we talk about the iron gates all the time rot you iron. name it rot iron every every fence every job is an easy job guess what he even gives free estimates he's your guy all over san Diego county what are you waiting for you got to give daniel tyler a call a plus rating with bbb he's the guy 760-745-4846 760 Seven four five four eight four six. The website is San Diego Superior Fence.com. Yeah, I thought I still had it, but I don't. Great interview with Laura Kane. What the fuck was that all about at the end? I said, Yeah, that's crazy shit, Dan. He goes, Oh my God, unbelievable. Uh, he goes, uh, Yeah, no more Lisa Ann searches. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I know that. I'm like, I'm not even married anymore, and I'm worried about it. Uh, but it was so damn funny to talk to him today 
and just check in. But you know what? Yeah, having a good fence um, around your property yeah. is really, really important. A lot of different shit going on. Dave, you're dealing with it right now with Absolutely. rabbits fucking up the yard. Yep. Fuck. Uh, talking to friends again that are concerned about packages being sold. That, to me, is the craziest shit that we have to deal with, that people could be just walking up on your patio, no sweat at all, and just taking your your personal property and just walking Insane, off with isn't it. isn't it? It's, yeah. It's really frustrating. So, yeah, it's security for your kids. God damn, man, I see more little kids that just seem like they've gotten away from their parents. And anybody who's a parent knows, you turn your back for a second, you get distracted, and that little kid takes off running. But dogs or pets, all that shit can be impacted by it. That's why I love what Dan does. Uh, San Diego Superior Fence.com is a website. So many great things. But when you really think about how practical it is, yeah. uh, that's when it really makes sense. Give him a call. Absolutely. Don't forget about Alan Taylor at Taylor May Pools, 20 years in San Diego as well. Alan Taylor making great pools throughout the county. Now's the time to give him a call. It's January. Guess what? You're going to want that pool in the summertime. Make sure you have the perfect pool all set, ready to go. Alan Taylor's phone number is 619 Four four nine four four five two. Turn that backyard into a staycation. Yeah, perfect time to do it too. And Dave, not only with gas prices, but I drive to LA a lot. Shit, I ended up driving to LA on Thursday and Saturday, and it's unbelievable when you're driving north on the five, and you're getting up around Camp Pendleton. Yeah, and you start looking at the amount of people coming south. How many people are jamming down here? And you just go, I had friends that were up in the airport uh, coming down from San Jose for the All-Star game. And just everything now. You got to get there two hours ahead of time for a fucking hour yeah. flight. You're longer sitting at your gate than you're than you're on the airplane. Why deal with that shit? Where are you going? 80 degrees here. And why not have that gorgeous new pool that Alan and his team are going to put in for you? Call Amy. Go look. I'm sick of hearing Dave and Jeff tell me they're <laughs> bullshit, Amy. Figure out a way to get Alan and his team out there. And then when you're done, you're going to look at it. And you're going to say, this was the best decision I ever made. Absolutely. And finally, Kyle Fluger, look, if you're in a position where you want a brand new website or you're thinking about putting a website together, you want to make it look professional. Why would you do it otherwise? Call Kyle, 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Unbelievable work. I can't wait. We're going to start getting working on jakesprojects.org. But for right now, take a look at our website, DaveAndJeffShow.com. Remember what that website was a couple of years ago. It could not have been any more basic, just the run-of-the-mill website. And Kyle came in. We got together with him, started explaining to him what we wanted. And he took it and just absolutely crushed it out of the park. It's beautiful. So many people have complimented us on it. I thank each and every one of them that did. But most importantly, we thank, uh, my God, what happened to that guy? <laughs> Uh, I thank Kyle for what he did with our website. We have MOB Network on in the show. <laughs> right. There are so many things they showed while you were talking. I'm like, well, at what point will Jeff comment? Finally. That guy that guy looked like he'd had a couple of pops of gin yes, before the did. old camera crew showed up. <laughs> Shit. Yes, he did. All right, before we get at it real quick. Give me your prediction. What happens on Sunday? Rams, Patriots. I don't like your Rams are doing a lot of talking. I don't like it, Dave. That That's the kind of game I don't play against the Belichick-Tom Brady team. Um, 
I, I really do want the Rams to win. I want the Rams to win because so many buddies, I have many more people yeah. invested in the Rams than are invested in the Patriots. And if they win, I think it's great. I think it's great for football. I think it's great for Southern California uh, if they win, since it's not Dean and the Chargers. That being said, um, it's just too hard for me to, to bet against yeah. the Patriots. I'm going to take the Patriots. I'm going to take them 31-17. 31-17. Yes, sir. Easily covers the spread. Yeah, I think they cover. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Rams. I'm obviously going to cool. take another side with you, but I'm going to go Rams on this one, even though all signs point to why the Patriots should win this thing, right? I mean, especially when you look at Belichick and his history against going against coaches that don't have a lot of experience in these big games. Everything makes sense that it's the Patriots. Yeah. Sean McVay coached against Belichick one time, and he got smoked. And but they he, text each other, I heard, they, right? They did. That's well, they're friends story. now. But when McVay was with the Redskins, they went against the Patriots, and he said it was the toughest game he ever had coached in his life. He couldn't do anything against Belichick. I love the conversation. If the Rams win, that makes Tom Brady 5-4 and four in Super Bowls. And yeah. as Rich Eisen said, we, we are so quick to ignore the fact that the guy, nobody again at that position will ever get to nine Super Bowls. Yeah. But he goes, we're so quick to dismiss it. But he goes, I, if the Rams win, he said, I just can't wait for that first question about legacy. And he goes, heck, it may happen during the week. That if Tom loses this Super Bowl, that we start treating it like this huge failure instead of the incredible accomplishment the nine Super Bowls are. You know, it's funny. Everybody knows someone that is a Patriots fan. Right. A buddy of mine down the street is just a big, big Patriots fan. And I told him all week long, I don't know what you're so confident about. I mean, the guy's lost three Super Bowls. I mean, there aren't too many quarterbacks to lose. He's not that good. <laughs> yeah, Jim Kelly. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, he loses the Knicks when he's Jim Kelly all of a sudden. Right. That's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, even Fran only lost it, three. It, Joe Cap lost the first did one. Did you catch this thing uh, on social media? It's uh, NFL trash talkers today, and it was a comparison of Goff and and Brady. And our friend Christy sent this to me, and she's a big Patriots fan, but it's very funny. And it compares the two on why Goff is better than Brady. Okay. And it says Goff was the first overall pick in the draft. Brady was 199. <laughs> Brady's Brady has lost three Super Bowls. Goff's never lost a Super Bowl. <laughs> Goff was the NFC player of the month one time. Brady's never won NFC player of the month. <laughs> and it, it goes it goes on and on about yeah. uh, about different things that they do, but everything favors Goff, which is obviously hilarious cuz nobody would put them in the same category. But it's uh it, it should be it could be very exciting, I should say. Here's the yeah. craziest thing about the Patriots. So many people will look at the games they lost, the Eagles, the two to the Giants, and the Super Bowls, and yeah. go, shit, that could be 8-0. But you know what? They could easily be 0-8, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those games are all pretty close. That's right. why the score you threw out there is something that's very unique for something the Patriots haven't done. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, yeah. uh, I, Hell, neither do I. Coin flip for me. Yeah, I, I, I would dig it for really good people uh, if the Rams won we come in here Sunday night, the Rams have won. That's that'd be that, crazy. That's pretty cool. For me, it's just I'm not I'm not planning on. I haven't yet. But if I gamble, I'd put money. The, the money would go on the Patriots. Yeah. But if they get beat again, God, that makes me wonder like what happens with Belichick? Where like what happens? Because you have to start wondering, like Robert Kraft's gonna look at that and go, What the fuck? <laughs> What the like what the fuck? I got all these cool those little shirts. raccoon hands and his white yeah, collar shirts. I got shirts. those little fucking uh, gopher hands. And I got all these blue shirts with yeah. white collars. I mean, I've done my part. Yes, he's the only guy that still has those shirts with the white collars. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy. But Too shit, fucking funny. I don't know. 
Uh, all right. So that's it. You have the Rams. I have the Patriots. Yes. I'm going to ask this question before you go. Okay. And this will be it. When we get here Sunday night, has Manny Machado ended his free agency? Because it will be February. You're 10 days out yeah. from the pitchers and catchers. And if he has ended it, um, are you taking San Diego or the field? I'm taking the field. And I don't think he ends it. And my, my feeling is this, and I don't know what the, how the history goes. All I know is we've known guys that have kind of fucked this up. Thinking, I was thinking of Alex Rodriguez, yeah. where in 2007 during the World Series, he made his own personal announcement. Yeah. And people say, you don't do that during a major sporting event. This is their time. No, I'm just saying between yeah. now and then. I got it. But this is Super Bowl week. I just don't see anything happen. Now, maybe, maybe I'm crazy because it's a different sport. I don't think anything happens this week. Also, if I'm, if I'm Machado, I'm, I'm waiting for Harper, I think. I think I'm waiting for Harper to say, are you going to make up your fucking mind? Well, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do it either because I don't think Harper right now is in the position he thought he was going to be in. Scott Boris can say whatever he wants. We're going up in spring training starting in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily wait for Harper because that could impact your number in the way you don't I want I think it Machado to. wants to be a Yankee. I, I that's just my feeling. I think he wants to be a Yankee. Yeah, but they don't see That's what I'm saying. I think the Yankees are saying fuck you to amazing? both those guys. Yeah. You're amazing the Yankees under Hank Steinbrenner have said, Yeah, yeah we're not gonna be that crazy team. Because you know the old man would have done it. Yeah. The old man would have done it. You're absolutely right. I mean they pay a fortune to Stanton and in a few years they're gonna have to pay a fortune to Judge. Um, so that's it. We will come back Sunday night. We'll do a post game Super Bowl show. Then next Monday, Kyle Kraska in the garage. Yeah. Remember February the 14th. We want to emphasize this February the 14th. Kyle will have a blood drive for all first responders. And that's going on at Dave and Buster's. We're asking all of you to go out and support it because with the charger blood drive going away, We've all said, well, who's going to pick it up? Well, Kyle's doing his part. So if, if if you cried about and pounded the drum saying, fuck Spanos, you want to fuck Spanos, go make this blood drive bigger and more successful than any of the ones they had for an incredible cause. He'll be here. And then I would think it would be the following weekend. So I hate to do that to you. It's, it's getting a little bit pushed out, but it's just schedule-wise uh, that we do Josh Lewin. Or... Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk to Josh and maybe we squeeze one in next week, depending on schedules and everything else. So maybe we try to get a, a bonus show in and for the Patreon people uh, with Josh Lewin, because I, I don't want that to drag out too far. But he is just tying up a few loose ends. He figures that'll happen quickly. And once that deal gets done, then he will be here in the garage and we'll have a whole lot of fun with him as well. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you guys Sunday. Smile.
So 